This is the Visit the Zoo podcast, episode number 63. Today, we hear about the raven, the top 10 zoos in the world, and coffee. And hello, everybody, and welcome to the Visit the Zoo podcast. I am your host, Frederick Fishman, and I am the author of the 12 book, 120 animal Visit the Zoo series of Kindle books and print books. And also, it's on audio book as well, on audible.com and DVD as well. We have three websites at zoo animals.info. That's our main podcast website. That's zoo animals.info and my writing site my author site is at frederick fishman that's spelled f-i-c-h-m-a-n frederickfishman.com all of our merchandise is on another website called zooswear z-o-o-z-w-e-a-r zooswear now before we get started i just want to talk a little bit about what i'm trying to do here and why npr public radio is so successful in creating their feature news segments they feed to over 900 plus stations around the united states on the internet and also through their podcast they do this by the use of what they call sound rich audio in other words if they are interviewing somebody in a factory they're not just going to sit them down at a table in some room somewhere they're going to interview them in the factory or behind the interview they're going to put sounds of a factory so it sounds like people are actually there so i thought we're going to experiment from now on and just drop in little things so you get the, an idea of you know, how we can stretch the audio envelope here and i thought what we would do first of all is i've got to have my morning cup of coffee so let me go to the keurig coffee maker and i'll fill the tank and i'll turn it on and the keurig will heat the water we'll drop in a coffee cake up, it'll drip in the cup, add some cream, and enjoy.
right, and there you go. I poured myself a cup of coffee after I made it in my Keurig. I used, by the way, chock full of nuts. I didn't know they were still in business. Uh, chock full of nuts started serving their coffee in 1926 from a chain of New York City coffee shops long before Starbucks. They were they were the first original ones. They had a popular jingle that I'd like to play for you that everybody, well, at least my age, would know what it sounds like. So let me play that. Yeah, that should sound familiar to those who remember, especially if you live on the East Coast. The brand uh, Chock Full of Nuts is still being sold, and they're making K-Cups today, and they're owned by the Massimino Zanetti Italian Coffee Group out of Bologna, Italy. And it used to be owned by Sara Lee, and then Sara Lee sold out to the Massimino Group. And I buy the K-Cups, and I use it in my coffee maker, my Keurig coffee maker. All right, enough. Let's get started. Let's start with our, our news, first of all. And I've got a very interesting list that I bumped into on the Internet. It's like one of these top ten lists. you got to remember where the source is coming from and who is putting it together. But usually, I've noticed that if you take a look at the list, they all kind of mesh together and they're all kind of the same. And the list I'm going to present for you today, these are the top ten best zoos in the world. The must-visit places for animal lovers. First of all, number 10, the best zoo in the world, is the Schoenbrunn Zoo in Vienna, Austria. And that happens to be, by the way, the oldest zoo in the world. It was started in the Schoenbrunn Palace in Vienna, Austria in 1752. And the ninth most popular zoo in the world, or best zoo in the world, is the Edinburgh Zoo. Of course, in Edinburgh, Scotland, it was opened in 1913. Number eight, the National Zoological Gardens in Pretoria, South Africa. They have over 700 types of animals at that zoo. Number seven, the Taronga Zoo in Sydney, Australia. It's roughly 12 minutes by ferry from Sydney, and it's the home to over 4,000 koalas, giraffes, reptiles, snow leopards, and many other animals. Number six, the Wellington Zoo in New Zealand. It's the oldest zoo in New Zealand. It's spread out over 32 acres. And then number five is the Berlin Zoological Garden in Germany. And that was opened back in 1844 and has more than 1,500 species of animals from around the world. And the number four best zoo in the world is the Beijing Zoo. And it was established by the Qing Dynasty in 1906. And at the very beginning, the zoo had only two parrots a blind emu, and a dozen monkeys. Here we go to the top three. Number three, the Bronx Zoo. In New York, spread out over 265 acres. It's been on the Bronx River for a long time. That's number three, the Bronx Zoo. Number two, the Singapore Zoo. The 64-acre Singapore Zoo has nearly 3,000 animals. And topping the list, the best zoo in the world, which is no surprise. And I have visited this zoo many times over a long period of time, and it is fabulous. Number one is the San Diego Zoo. I guess that may not be a surprise to some of you, especially here on the West Coast. But it's a century-old zoo, 
that was opened in 1915 with abandoned animals. Visitors can take the Sky Ferry Aerial Tram and see all the animals from above in the air. It is home to such animals as Chinese alligators, elephants, pandas, koalas, and more. It is also the foremost wildlife and conservation protection zoo in the world. So those are the top 10 zoos of the world. Now, I also want to mention our five curated news stories that you can get. And I'll give that those links to you. And the five stories today for episode number uh, 63 here on Visit the Zoo podcast. Number one story is on a walk across the world. Animals carry life lessons, not just cargo. The number two story of our curated content is toads on a python and five other animals hitching rides on bigger animals. This is a fascinating story. Number three, the United Airlines tightens rules on emotional support animals. Number four, animals in captivity. Questions raised after lion and rhinoceros incidents. And this is an audio track from uh, NPR station WBUR. And finally, the number five curated story is Operation Noah's Ark, about 200 animals seized from a Redland farm. Now, these stories, you can grab the links and read them or listen to them or watch the videos attached to them at two places. First of all, you can go to the episode description for this episode, number 63, at our main website at zooanimals.info. That's zooanimals.info. Or you can go to our blog at vtzlife.com. Again, it is vtzlife.com. We come to our animal description now and our animal sound. And you know what? Let's hear the animal sound. Let's see if you can guess what animal this is. the raven or crow however you want to call this animal you would be absolutely correct and they are seen all over the world in the northern hemisphere north america europe and asia it weighs about 2.6 pounds and it is 25 inches a little more than two feet in length so it's a big bird and they can live for up to 21 years in their own habitat they mate for life and they protect their own territory after they mate. They are very smart birds, very clever and intelligent. And if you've seen them in action, you know that. They have cohabitated with humans for thousands of years, sometimes so numerous they have been considered pests. They are omnivorous, which means they will eat just about anything. They will eat fruits and grains and small animals, dead or alive, and they'll also try and steal human food as well. Ravens have become a cultural subject of art, mythology, literature, and poetry. I'm going to read some of that poetry for you right now. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered, weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore. While I nodded, Nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping 
as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. "'Tis some visitor,' I muttered, tapping at my chamber door. "'Only this, and nothing more.' Open here I flung the shutter when, with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with a mind of lord or lady perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of Pallas just above my chamber door, perched and sat and nothing more. Then this ebony beguiling my sad fancy into smiling, by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, though, I said, art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what lordly thy name is on night's Plutonian shore, quoth the raven, nevermore. That was the poem The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe, and it was published in 1845. our animal description and a little bit of poetry for this episode number 63 of the visit the zoo podcast usually what i do at this segment is i will play for you or read for you a poem or a quote but i'm continuing on the read of my novel noah an animal adventure fantasy which is out on print and kindle also an audiobook on audible.com available from Amazon.com. I'm going to roll in for you now, chapter number nine. There are 14 chapters, by the way, in the book, so we're moving along briskly here. So let's listen now to chapter nine from Noah, an animal adventure fantasy. Chapter nine. At first, Noah thought he was falling. Manny grabbed his forearm as Noah tried to steady himself. Noah then realized that he was standing on a panel of glass. The glass was all around him, as well, and even glass was over his head. It was a window. Only directly in front of him did Noah see a solid panel. As he looked around, he realized from the sights and sounds of that moment, he was standing inside of an airplane, an old propeller-driven airplane. He heard the muffled roar of the engines. The sound was not loud, but he did hear and see two piston engines positioned near the fuselage. He looked out at the long and unusually thin wings. He could see the glass tail behind. It looked old, but glass? Noah had never seen such an airplane. Manny continued to steady Noah. Noah, this is a special airplane we are using. It looks like an old C-47 cargo plane from long ago, but it has been specially designed for you. Noah said, For me, I don't understand. Noah began to gain his balance and feel more comfortable. 
Manny said, We are going to visit the cradle of the animal kingdom. We are visiting the African continent. It is where life began. It is where man started his journey to where he is today. It has a concentration of wildlife like none other. Are we going to see it from the land too? Yes, but I wanted to do a flyover first so we can see from overhead as many animals as possible. Noah looked around from inside the airplane. He felt like he was flying, unobstructed and unhindered, and not in an airplane. His views were unobstructed by seats or wings or even the plane's body. The plane with its super long tapered wings looked strange, but it swooped through the clouds with grace and ease. It looked like it was meant to fly. That was its sole purpose. It darted around the clouds in a poetic ballet of movement. The plane descended and finally broke through the clouds and into the clear. The sun was shining brightly on the landscape below. Some animal movement could be seen on the savanna below. The flat Central African plain was studded with animals of every type and shape. Noah then asked a very important question. Manny, who's flying this thing? Who's up front in the cockpit? Manny smiled slightly. No one. No one? Not really. We are flying the plane. Our minds, our will. Let's see what's happening down below. We're now flying over Serengeti National Park. The strange craft then made a sharp bank to the left and began to skim over the land. The view was mostly grass studded with trees and bushes. Manny now turned his attention to the Serengeti just under his feet. The plane slowed dramatically, almost hovering as Manny pointed to a beautiful black and gold spotted cheetah. The cheetah was crouched under brush. It was poised and ready to take off. There, Noah, Manny pointed to the cheetah. You see that cheetah? It's ready to explode running. Noah immediately saw the beautiful animal with shoulders up in the air, staring straight ahead, eyes fixed and rigid. I see him. What happens next? The cheetah then darted out from under the brush and began to gain speed quickly. These cheetah are the fastest land animals on the planet. In 15 or 1600 foot bursts, they can run 70 or 75 miles an hour. They can run from zero to 60 miles per hour in less than three seconds. See how that three long foot tail swings back and forth as it runs? Noah said, yeah. It helps the cheetah keep balance, Manny said. What's he chasing? There, I see them. They're heard of what, Manny? They look like a group of funny-looking deer, Manny answered. Same animal family. Those are called Thompson's gazelle. They can run 60 miles per hour. See how they bounce away to throw the cheetah off? That's called pronking. Pronking? The excited Manny then turned his view off to the left. And there, see those large animals? Those are impala. They are running for their lives as well, trying to escape the clutches of the cheetah. The cheetah is focused on the gazelle, but it may turn toward the impala. 
The Impala were leaping into the air, bouncing from side to side in their race to escape. Noah said, Manny, are the Impala pronking too? Absolutely, but they can bounce sometimes as high as 10 feet in the air to escape their pursuers. And they jump at least 40 feet in length in a single bound. They move like that and combine all of those movements to throw off anything that is hunting them. The mass confusion of movement from the cheetah, impala, and Thompson's gazelle continued only seconds longer. The plane followed closely, began to slow with the close of the pursuit, and then the plane flew over and passed the cheetah. That was really something, Manny, but he didn't catch either the gazelle or the impala. Most of the chases don't end in success, and even when they do, half the time the catch is stolen by hyena or lions. Now I want to show you something familiar. The plane banked and climbed into the clouds. We are going to visit the Kalahari Desert and see some friends of mine. Punching through a cloud bank, the plane soared over the sparkling waters and endless stretches of verdant valleys and low hillsides of Africa. It continued on circling a solitary mountain with three distinct volcano cones at the top. It was covered at the summit with snow. Noah was transfixed by its beauty and how it stood as a sentinel above the flat African plain at its base. Manny, tell me about this mountain. We are above the mountain called Kilimanjaro. It re it's really not a mountain, but a dormant volcano. Do you see the three distinct cones at the top? Yeah, right below us. It's located in the East African country called Tanzania, and it was first climbed in 1889. It's beautiful. Are your friends down there, Manny? The scene below suddenly changed, and they were now above a desert terrain. Noah saw sand, scattered hills and trees, clumps of scrawny bushes, and meerkats. The plane slowly circled at no more than 100 feet above the desert floor on top of a small group of meerkats guarding the entrance to their dens. They all stood near or next to their den openings in the exact same pose as they often saw Manny standing, on two legs, arms and hands resting on their bulging stomachs, looking upward. Manny, do you know these guys? Not really. They are from a different group than my clan. But we are all meerkats, and so that is why I call them my friends. Well, why do they always seem to be staring up? The young ones are probably underground inside of their, in their dens. They are protected there by other group members. The meerkats you see standing near the den openings are acting as guards and lookouts. If they see danger, they begin chirping. Wildly, that's their job. They seem to be looking up, cause danger comes many times from the skies. Birds, especially raptors like golden eagles, love to swoop down on them, and an unsuspecting meerkat or other small mammal could be their prey. They could be snatched up for a meal. They all look like you, Manny. Some are really fat. And some are lazy too, Noah. They like to lounge in the sun to catch some rays. Sounds like humans. Yeah, but they're happy just living the life of a meerkat. 
here in the African desert. Okay, let's pull up and head south. Where are we now? We're above the Kalahari Desert, just north of the final airstop that I planned for us. Noah, the beautiful, funky airplane nosed up and turned. As it did, the landscape changed again. Small pools of water, forest, and endless swamps were now in view below and around the glass plain. Noah eagerly scanned the ponds and swamps to spot the next creature on their air tour. He saw moving closer, large animals submerging and bobbing up again. He saw gigantic mouths opening and closing. He also saw individuals gliding through the water effortlessly. Noah, those are rhinoceros or rhinos. The plane slowed and almost hovered again, maybe at only 50 feet in altitude. They're huge, Noah said, as he caught a glimpse of a small group of rhinos stepping out of the water and loping along the shore. Yep, these white rhinos are six feet tall and can weigh as much as 7,000 pounds. Well, how can they move with all that weight? Noah asked. Surprisingly enough, they can run very fast for their size. They can run short stretches as fast as 30 miles per hour. What do they eat, small animals? No, mostly leafy plants. Yeah, but they're so big and fat. Believe it or not, they have evolved over 50 million years, and they actually started out small. I guess that's what happens when you overeat. Manny said true, but they can really move fast on land when they are motivated. The plane pulled skyward. No, I want to show you one more incredible and beautiful scene before we land and have a look around. What? It's on Lake Bogoria in Kenya. The glass plane then soared in altitude to several thousand feet. Noah strained to see their goal just off the nose of the plane. He could see the lake and then some type of vast light pink cloud hovering just off of the lake. And when they finally approached the shore, Manny did not have to tell him what they were looking at. Noah saw thousands upon thousands of flamingos. They seemed to stretch from one end of the lake to the other along the shore. He could see them using the tops of their beaks to filter feed the water. Noah, they are looking for brine shrimp or algae. This is some sight, isn't it? As the plane flew over the group, they all took to wing. In choreography of smoothly stroking wings, they glided just over the surface of the water. It was as if they were flying in slow motion just below the plane. The glass aircraft climbed to get a panoramic view of the pink mass. Maybe at this point, 3,000 or more flamingos skimming the surface. The plane stayed over the incredible scene for some time. It never had to turn to keep a view of the sea of slowly moving pink in view. Noah wanted to stay there forever. He wanted the moment to keep going and going. The dream of flying and soaring above the earth with the colors of the earth, green and blue, beneath and beyond was the connective dream of every young boy. And at that moment, he was living that dream. It became real and tangible. He could not fill his eyes enough to become satisfied. The plane finally turned and moved higher. The large flock of flamingos were getting smaller in view, but still 
silhouetted against the large blue lake. It was a scene that Noah would never forget. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a wrap for this episode number 63 of the Visit the Zoo podcast. And I want to thank you very much for joining me again for this episode. And as always, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever and however you listen, especially if you are on iTunes. A couple of our websites, let me give you a reminder again. Our main website for this podcast is at zooanimals.com dot info at zoo animals plural dot info and all of our merchandise with a lot of almost a hundred images can be found at zazzle and also on merch by amazon as well and those links to get to all that merchandise apparel and coffee cups and all types of cool things you go to zooswear.com and that's spelled z-o-o-z-w-e-a-r.com Have a great, wonderful week. Have fun, stay healthy, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.